welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where geographically diverse pals have a few drinks and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Mike, I'm drinking a bottle of soul with a little wedge of lime in because I'm fancy, and locked in with me today, we have two people who've lived in Catford around the same time, have have family or live in Broadstairs, are posh metropolitanite Londoners with fancy voices. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that I should be carrying, like counting in this overlap? Well, we both have hair. That's true. Oh, both have hair, Which, distinguishing them, of course, from one. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you both like brioche? Yeah. Who doesn't? I like some brioche. Okay, cool. Yeah, and both love brioche. Hi, I'm John, and I am drinking a... What's this? It is red wine from Spain, which should concern me as a label, but it's quite nice. Uh, and I'm Tony, and I'm drinking a glass of Marks and Spencer's La Huasa Merlot. Ah, mm. this is not just La Huasa Merlot. It's Marks and Spencer's <laughs> La Huasa. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, get some Fleetwood Mac on. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, man. I said, oh, I missed the night because I was on the Yellowtail Shiraz last night. We could have been on red wine, and it would have oh. been nice. It would have been but a sad episode. I off the whole bottle. It would have been a very, I was very sad this morning. Now, if we were all on a gin, it would be a sad headache. episode. That's, yeah, that's true sadness juice. Just slowly gets worse and worse. Actually, my, my, my wife's really taken to a nice G&T, and it's kind of nice. We're taking a shit ton of it camping with us, so I'll let you know how sad oh, we are at the end. I don't understand. Oh, you're missing out, man. It's going to piss down mm. the entire weekend that we're out as well. It's going to be amazing. Surely then you want, like, you want a brandy or something like that, something to really warm the cockles and so on. Oh, f- fuck it. Crack mm. open the fuel tank. Petrol. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Chug it down. It might come to that. It's uh, it's looking like it's going to be a little bit chilly, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Camping shirt that coincides with Brexit. <laughs> the true British experience. Is that happening this weekend? No, no, no. no. We got we've got a month, and don't worry, it's all going to be it's all going to be fine. Totally fine. They we'll got crash this. out. The prime minister will go to prison, but he'll refuse to resign. And so <laughs> he'll just govern from he'll prison. He'll be governing from prison. Like, that that, will, that yeah. will create a legal problem, won't it? Like, no, I bet there's nothing in our law that says you can't be prime minister if you're in jail. I bet there's it's nothing just, there because yeah. there's never anything. It's just um, the live so, stream of the Supreme Court is just like a series of older people sitting at a table screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. I won't lie. I would. Um, good. Well, this is all staying in. Um, <laughs> this is this is tangent town, but I love it, <clears throat> gentlemen. Uh, with with the obligatory pre episode Brexit chat out the way, are we ready? Indeed, we are. For oh, for this, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. No, nobody's. Re- <laughs> this is not a marketing campaign. Are you ready, ready for Brexit? Are you That's, ready that has for been, Brexit? That has been popping up on podcasts that I like, like podcasts that advertise with uh, programmatic platforms, and it makes me very sad. What are you ready for Brexit? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, not exactly that, but yeah, it's a real bummer. I, I object to the fact that this marketing campaign is being paid for technically with Move my money. Yes. yes. Did you hear about that the was... one in the schools? That was fresh oh. out today. Three thousand yeah. digital display. Um, well, digital displays in no digital displays in three thousand infant schools. Infant schools. This is started flashing up a program about how it looked really weird i saw the screenshots and it, it was yeah. like here's all the cool things that boris johnson is doing he's trying to unite the country he's going to put more what? money into the schools he's making plans for yep. brexit it's going to be great genuinely pump into infant schools it was done in london and the mp for walthamstow stood up in um house of commons which is back <laughs> it's back baby um and basically said wtf and apparently some members of the house gasped when they heard reasonable it's all reasonable. from 1984 isn't it uh, yes which is not a manual <laughs> and i don't need to stress this it's one does not, not read that instructions <sighs> we definitely can't leave any of this in because it's far too dark oh it's all, it's I, I think this far is far too you know factual and facts aren't a thing anymore so no. you know, it's fine. let's, let's do what, the show because this is bumming me out <laughs> I'll meet you halfway and put all this to the end of the episode okay. but over like a chirpy theme tune. So I'll be like... 1984. <laughs> Delightful. The magic roundabout cool. theme. Yes, the Bill Bailey version. Yeah, like a non-copyright infringing version of the magic roundabout by hitting every other note slightly wrong. Fuck you. You did get quite a lot of it wrong. I don't want to put you on blast, but Mike is right. 
the edit job for this is going to be a real, just a real shitter. Oh, it is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to YouTube to prove myself right there, and it failed. <laughs> Now, John, the correct internet thing to do now is to keep on hitting next page on Google results until you find somebody who agrees with your insane <laughs> moment. Okay, gentlemen, are we ready for the fourth and final time? Yes. Yes. Then let's enter the infinite escape room. This week, we've been enjoying some well-earned rest and relaxation on one of the Infinite Escape Room's many chartered cruise ships. Unfortunately, this one was chartered by part-time travel group and full-time money furnace Thomas Cook, who've gone bust underneath us, resulting in the crew interrupting our warm shellfish buffet and throwing us overboard in a lifeboat. They disappear over the horizon in a desperate bid to get to the front of the queue of creditors, leaving us with little more than our small lifeboat and the rolling empty ocean as far as the eyes can see. <laughs> All's not lost, though, as uh, a box of signalling equipment has been considerately left out for our consumption. Unfortunately, it's been locked tight with two whimsical padlocks, and even more unfortunately, my antique collection of knitting needles, hollow thorns, and ninja cow traps have spilled out of their sturdy tissue case and pierced the bottom of the boat. We have just one hour until the leaking water gets past our ankles and ruins our socks. And one hour, two minutes until the boat sinks and we drown. Let's escape! So, fun fact, um, Thomas Cook did not just go under and take with it the hopes and dreams and holidays of 150,000 plebs. Um, they also... <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe cut out the P word there. They also went under just as they were about to audition me to be in their new commercial. Yeah. yeah, on the day they went bust, I was supposed to be going to a, an audition for them, fuckers, and they went bust. God damn them. That's so I flew home from a trip that. to Ireland early to make that, and yeah. they went under as I was going to the airport. Oh. So, gentlemen, before us, we have the emergency fishing kit and the outboard motor. What do we fancy first, gentlemen? So, in the interests of um, making the boat move, outboard motor. I'd say. Okay. I'd say that's more vital makes a lot of than sense. food. Can we get anywhere in an hour? Um, I assume that we're on some kind of like infinite sea. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're on one of the infinite escape room's many uh, themed seas. oceans. Many yeah. themed oceans. <laughs> <laughs> I, just as a quick warning for this, I'm actually going to start the one hour timer tonight. Oh, to Jesus Christ. Puzzles. Heavens to Bevins. Okay, so uh, Tony, take it away. <laughs> So you look to the rear of the boat and you see a large black plastic box attached to the centre of the stern. Uh, sitting just beneath it, attached by a length of hose, is a red plastic tank. Uh, you recognise this from, I don't know, Jaws probably, as uh, an outboard motor. You can also see that it's got various uh, contraptions and controls sticking out of it. As you get close to the box, you spot a label uh, stuck to the top, which reads as follows. Thank you for choosing the Propellomatic 9000 for your nautical navigational needs. Before attempting <laughs> to start the engine, please ensure that there is fuel in the tank, the engine is in the neutral gear, the throttle is not engaged, and the safety cord is attached to the kill switch. Please note, this is a diesel engine and requires a compatible fuel. Use of non-compatible fuels may cause damage to the engine. The engine will require cleaning before it can be used again. You lean over the edge of the boat and spot the propeller uh, attached to the bottom of the engine, <clears throat> submerged in the water with the uppermost blade poking out an inch or so above the surface. You can just make out, snagged on the bottommost blade, a shiny object that might just be the source of salvation. It's too far to reach and you can see dark, threatening shapes moving around in the water beneath you. What do you do? Okay, um, let's start with the red fuel, the, the red box, which is the, the fuel tank, I'm guessing. Uh, can I pick it up and give it a shake, see if there's liquid in there? Yes, you pick it up and uh, give it a shake around, but it is completely empty. You can feel as soon as you pick it up that it's empty. What there is okay. uh, just next to it, as you crouch down, you actually spot kind of obscured behind it is a small wooden crate. Um, Let's open it up. Yes. So you pry open the crate uh, and you five five unmarked bottles. One is filled with a white liquid. Two are filled with translucent yellow liquid and two are filled with clear liquid. Uh, you also find at the bottom of the box a curly cable with a red C-shaped plastic clip on the end. Okay. And a hastily scrawled note stuffed down the side of the crate that reads, Think Green. 
Think green. Okay, so the, the curly cord is the kill switch. Uh, years as a sailor, I've driven lots of ribs. That's the that's the um, safety cord for the kill switch. This all sounds slightly odd, but can can I sniff them? Absolutely. What does the white one smell like? So the white one's got a very kind of uh, delicious, almost fast foody smell to it. Hmm. Um, smells kind of like yeah, it smells like chips from your childhood. Oh, is this like the um, the recycled uh, like en- uh, they take like fire fuel and turn it into like yeah they turn into like um, like heavy <sighs> diesel or something? Think like green. Fuel. Think green is in environmentally. It's well, that let's, one. Let's, have a, let's let's smell the others. Let's smell okay. the yellow. The yellow one. So that, just just so you know, that first liquid as you open the bottle, you you see that it's very thick. It's very gloopy. So the second one, uh, it's a yellowish translucent liquid, and it smells like road trips. You know, yeah, so, that's so many a road trippy smell. Uh, the third one, uh, it's a slightly thicker liquid than the uh, previous one. This is another one of the yellow ones. And it's got a very neutral, subtle odour to it. Uh, the fourth one um, is a bottle of totally clear liquid. And it smells like uh, summertime and barbecues. And the last one is completely clear and completely odourless. Okay, the clear and odourless one. I'm, mm, I reckon we need to thin down... The um, white one, that's biodiesel, and we need to, to thin it. Otherwise, why would the gloopy mention be in there? Well, I, I mean, you're assuming it's biodiesel. It could just be the spunk of a man who's had like four. It, okay, so the road trip one, the translucent yellow one, I'm pretty certain that's petrol. I mean, we can just start putting stuff in the fuel tank and trying the engine. But we will need to... Clean it. But, hang yeah, on, so hang on, hang on, hang on. One of them will be the cleaner. One of them will be the Ooh, thing so you flush on, the so engine with. So yeah, we had, uh, so we had white thick. Mm-hmm. We had petrol well we had what we were assuming is petrol, petrol. road trips we had something that sp- smelt thickened neutrally yeah so this is a kind of thicker also yellowy liquid and it's got a very a really neutral a kind of a very subtle odor um yeah i mean does does it smell of so when you say like a subtle odor what is the subtle odor subtle it's, i'll tell you what it's it's not unfamiliar it's certainly one that you uh, i think i've i think i had in an earlier version of this notes so i had a subtle domestic odor to it Okay, so it's, it's, yeah, I think you're right, John, like a subtle Something that you have around a lot. That would be like... Doesn't smell like soap or anything like that, though. Or or hmm. uh, does it smell like spirits or anything like that? Bleach? No. Fairy liquid, perhaps? No, it, it, it doesn't smell like a household cleaning product. It, it's it's a much more, um, yeah, kind of a subtle kitcheny smell, but not a uh, not a cleaner smell. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay. We, let's. It might be oven cleaner. That's not soap based. That's acidic. We should let's return to this because if I so looking through the checklist, we've got to get fuel in the tank. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure the engine's in neutral. Uh, the throttle mustn't be engaged. We've got to check the throttle's not engaged, and okay. then we need to make sure the safety thingy is attached to the kill switch. Why don't engage. we do the other steps and see if anything extra helps us out along the way? That so seems is good. it one of those stick throttles? So you sort of the, the stick that you'd steer the engine with as if rudder has a sort of turning knob on it. Is it one of those? So sorry Tony, can you just describe to us what the whole boat engine apparatus and all that bits look like? Absolutely. So you've got a big black box uh that's bolted to the stern of the boat. Uh going down from the back of that, off the back of the boat uh, is a column with a propeller at the bottom coming back up onto mm-hmm. the deck of the boat on your right so looking towards the back of the boat there is a long bar coming out with a what looks like a twistable handle on the left hand side of the uh the the motor there is a some kind of lever or switch uh <clears throat> and then bang in the middle at the very bottom of it there is a little red button okay so uh the long bar is presumably our gear stick or our steering bar I think if you so if I grab that bar and try and move it, does the whole engine move or does just the bar yes. move? The whole it, engine moves. Okay, so it you turns can left and right. Okay, so you can you steer that you steer by holding this. Okay, uh, and you said the end of that was. Did you say it was movable or? or? Yes. Okay. Um, as in, it's like, as in, you turn it like a like a motorbike, motorbike throttle. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So presumably, if I, then it's not answered. If I turn it, nothing happens. Um, so can I? Okay, uh, I'll just turn it then. I'll, Which and way? it's not marked, so it doesn't. There's no sort no. of off or the, on or min or max or anything. No, the markings have have gone over time. They've been uh, worn away by the sun and the sea. I would I would say full anti clockwise, surely. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to sort of. Okay, let's turn it. Let's turn it clockwise. 
Okay, so you turn it clockwise, and after about a third of a turn, it stops. And anti-clockwise? Uh, you turn it back two-thirds of the way, and it stops again. So it's got a range of motion of about two-thirds of the circle. Does it kind of... It doesn't sort of appear to screw in or out on either of those. No. It just turns. No, it's it's not moving backwards or forwards. It's just turning in place. Okay. Uh, does it, um, uh, if released, does it return to the central position? No. The original position? It stays okay. where you leave it. So I'm- I wonder if we'll have to wait till we try to turn the engine on to know if that's in 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 place or not. Yeah, I would I would say to move it so that it's in the middle because that feels to me like the cl- most likely to be neutral and most likely to be throttle disengaged. Yeah, what was the, uh, the throttle is disengaged? That was the phrase, yeah. wasn't it? So we had um, we had um, a lever and a button coming out of the um, the engine as well. So there's a red button, I believe. Mm-hmm. Where is the red button uh, again? The red button's kind of at the bottom in the middle. Can I take a closer look at the button? Absolutely. Do you um, want to touch the button or just look at it? If you press it, presumably nothing happens because the engine's off. It doesn't actually depress. <clears throat> it's it's just kind of... Okay. It, it's a round red disc on the side. Oh, is this where the fuel goes in? Are we able to... Um, no, the like, fuel no, tank's already the, attached, isn't it? Yeah, the, the tank okay. on the floor has like a, a screw cap on it. Can I pull it ah. out? Yes. It pulls out about, uh, I don't know, a quarter of an inch and then springs back in when you let go of it. Okay, I think I've got a vague idea. We found something in the box, in the crate, mm-hmm. the, the curly wire. Is there anything on the curly red wire? Is there anything on the wire? Yes, attached to the end of the curly red wire, I think I mentioned it before, is a red C-shaped plastic clip. Okay. Kind of like an angular C-shape. I think you, I've seen these. I think you, mm. you clip that under the, the uh, disc and it holds it out. I think that's, that's the kill switch. I oh, think. so that if something happens, then it jerks out. Yeah, I think you're supposed to put the other end around your leg or your arm or something. And then if you get thrown from the boat, it turns the engine off. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. So you attach, you pull the uh, small red button out uh, and attach the C-shaped clip around it. uh, And it holds the button in place, pulled away from the engine. Okay. One tick. Um, so, hang on. We've, I think we've got on our twisty bit on the end of our stick is either our throttle or our gears. I say gears, I mean neutral. Oh, I suppose neutral could just be on the throttle, couldn't it? So if it's in the middlemost position, then it is likely to be neutral, would be my thinking. There's no markings. On the other side of the engine, there was another thing, wasn't there? Another switch or something. Mm-hmm. What, can you describe that? Can we take a look at that? So taking a closer look at that, you can see that um, it's currently set leaning towards the back of the boat. You'd need to have a little play with it to see what okay, kind well, of movement it's got. Play. Is it, but, does, it, oh, okay. does it have... Like are the are the is it a range or are the, is it indexed to the settings? Is that, it's, it it's indexed. So as you as you move it uh, forward, it clicks once, and you move it forward, and it clicks again, and then stops and won't move any further forward than that. Okay, that definitely sounds like a um, forward, neutral, reverse thing. Mm-hmm. A switch with three indexes: one at the front, one at the middle, one at the back. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so can we move that to the middlemost position? Yeah, of course you can. Okay. okay, so, so we, just looking through our little checklist, we haven't fueled the tank yet, but the we think the engine's in neutral. Um, we think the throttle's not engaged. Well, actually, mm, saying that, if the other one's the throttle, then we should definitely twist it to the most anti-clockwise position. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I'm trying to. I'm sort of. If if people could see me, I'm standing here turning my hand in front of me, trying to feel which is which is sort of throttle on and which is throttle off, which feels more natural. I think, well, I think on you're a motorbike, right. I think you do it away from you. Yeah, don't I you? think you're so right. I think away from you is off. So that should make sense. And then I guess, shall we, because I'm, oh Christ, we've had 15 minutes already. Um, uh, Okay, so shall we take some of the white stuff and stick it in the, stick it in the fuel tank? There's got to be, there's got to be a way of working that out. I mean, could just stick it in. Do you want to take a closer sniff of the, uh, of the liquids? Yes. Okay. Fuck it, I'll taste one at this point. So the the first one, let's just say the uh, the the thick white one. You you get up and get another really good sniff of that, and it smells. To be honest, like it wouldn't do you any harm to have a taste. And you have a taste, and actually, it tastes a little bit like a Sunday roast. So that's definitely fat. That's your first one. Um, okay. The second one, you give that a sniff again, and it's definitely you recognise that smell as as a garage forecourt you know you 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 would know this anywhere this is this is the smell of a garage forecourt um the third one you get close to it again you give it a sniff and it doesn't 
it's got a very, very subtle flavor and you put dip a finger in and have a taste of it. And you think, actually, this just tastes like the begin, you know, the beginning of a cooking experience. Like I'm just getting started cooking something. Oh, like home. olive oil or something. Uh... The third one definitely smells like barbecues. Like you, you've, you've smelled that one before when one of your mates has got too enthusiastic to get a barbecue started. And the third one, you, you give it a sniff, you give it a taste and... I mean, the fourth one. This is the everyday. The, sorry, the fifth one. Sorry, I'm talking about now. The odor, colorless, odorless one is uh, is. I mean, it's water. You can tell it's water. It looks, smells, and tastes like water. Okay. Mm. And the note okay. says, "Think green." Well, in which case, olive oil would be the greenest of all of those. Number three. This requires diesel. What biodiesel? Then they use it's like uh, like isn't rapeseed oil? Um, like something they use for biodiesel. This is definitely not the sound of me typing how to make bio. Oh no, that's for <laughs> you're, you're, you're moving in the right direction, John. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there, Tony. Yeah. Can we take some of the third bottle, which we think mm-hmm. might be some sort of cooking oil, mm-hmm. um, and stick it into the fuel tank, please? Absolutely. This is glug, not going to work. Glug, 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 glug. The tank fills. The tank is. It's not full, but there's enough in there that it gets to the uh, the fuel line. Fabulous. Okay. Can we? Um, I think we've done everything else on the checklist. Mm-hmm. So can we just tie the other end of the bit of cable around John's ankle in case he falls overboard? <laughs> I, um, yes, I love that. Um, um, or, so, or throat. Uh, both options. <laughs> yes. Uh, so at the top of the engine, there is a T-shaped handle uh, hanging by a bit of oh, string it's a, that goes it's into like the a engine. lawnmower. Uh, I nominate yes. Mike to try and start this bastard thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let's. I think. Yeah. I think we've got the gear sticks in neutral. I think. I think we've got the um, uh, the accelerator, the throttle. Sorry, in neutral as well. Let's try tugging the what's it. Uh, so you give it a good uh, hearty yank, and you feel things start to spin, but the motor gives a kind of <laughs> kind of a judder and a jerk, and uh, uh, does not start up. So you oh, okay. you uh, you recognise this feeling. You've maybe uh, <laughs> you've maybe felt this before. This is you know? failure. Maybe maybe you know maybe when I don't know if either of you drive, but maybe when you learn to drive, like this is this has happened before. Oh, the this clutch. A, no, a stall. This is a stall. Yeah, which means that it's either going to be the throttle or the um, the gears. Oh no, I think it's the wrong fuel. I, I've never put the wrong fuel There's in no my There's no bad or anything. The, 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 I'll tell you now, the fuel's fine. Okay. God damn it. So, I reckon, let's try twisting the what we assume is the throttle all the way the other way, and then giving the cord a yank again. So, as you yank the pull cord towards you, the engine thrums into life with a satisfying... Oh my God. You flick the... You flick the gear lever into the forward position, gently rotate the throttle stick anti-clockwise and whoosh, up flies into the air, the sparkling object from below. You fling your hands out just as it's about to hit the surface of the water, snagging the renewable energy. Hey, that's a good one. I actually came up with a pun this time because last time I was like, I don't know. (laughs) There you go. Oh, you were right about the fuel. Yes, rapeseed oil. So is this factually correct? Can you use rapeseed oil as diesel? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, there are engines that run off the same principles as diesel that can use uh, almost untreated rapeseed oil. Huh. I did oh, some there's research. lorries that do it as well. There's um, like lorry fleets do it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They run off of, um, yes. like McDonald's famously runs there's... off of um, liposuction extracts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's also... There's also, you, you do get, depending on the type of engine, you'll also get ones that have a very small di- diesel tank and a much larger biofuel tank. So they get started with the diesel and then they mix it in, or you get ones where the, it has to be heated to a certain temperature. But there are engines out there that can run just off pure pure vegetable oil, basically. So what were the other ones? Uh, the first one was beef dripping. Mm. The next one was <laughs> petrol. Uh, and the fourth one was like lighter fluid butane. Interesting. And the last one was water. Yes. I thought beef dripping would be quite, you know, beef dripping was a bit of a red herring. <laughs> so to instantly speak. captivated our imagination. <laughs> uh, key in hand, sharks still potentially ready to eat you. You stroll back into the middle and see an ever enlarging pool of water threatening all of our lives. Oh, God. Um, what does that leave us with? 
uh, it leaves you with the emergency fishing kit, which is my puzzle. Okay, you take a brief moment to, uh, to enjoy the sea, despite the water lapping around your ankles. Uh, the sound of the water, the sun on your ears, um, and the... I thought it was night. You thought it was night? I, I thought I was ni- it was night time. I have no idea why, but I thought it was night time. Oh, no, I mean, I'm getting terrible sunburn. It, it's <sighs> night time when we're recording, but <laughs> that's why. In the Infinite Escape Room, it's always it's sunny, always sunny. <laughs> otherwise mentioned. Yeah, always the middle of the day. Sorry. You take a brief moment to enjoy the sea, the sound of the water, the sun on your ears, and the brief respite from familial responsibility, and a seagull wheeling obnoxiously overhead. Then you remember that you're uh, 38 minutes away from drowning, and take a look at the box before you. It is marked, Emergency Fishing Kit. There appears to be a small subscript beneath it, reading, Also, Emergency Somali Pilot Repellent. <laughs> Sorry, that should say, Somali pirate repellent which is a very different the thing goddamn somali pilots <laughs> <laughs> with their flying skills and their their, their extensive coastline <laughs> lack the of box government appears, the box appears to be fixed in place to the side of the boat with a single button at the side um push, the button. push that button yeah yeah you both push the button your fingers overlapping slightly and this is all brief <laughs> A moment of tension. Each other. <laughs> a moment of tension, followed by a moment of pressure as you both push down on the button. God. Um, the wooden sides of the box fall away into the sea, revealing the emergency fishing device. It appears to be a tubular apparatus on an omnidirectional pivot, currently pointing down into the ocean. At the end of the tube, you can see the tip of a harpoon. Oh my and God. at the top of the tube, you can see a scope or reticule. The rear appears to house a set of controls. What would you like to do? Oh, let's take a look at them controls. Yeah, tell me about it. Sure thing. So the controls at the rear appear to be a set of 11 buttons. Uh, they are the numbers 1 to 5 and the letters A to E. There also appears to be a button marked fish slash fire. <laughs> so presumably the letters and numbers are, would that be for coordinates? Like to... Like like a game of battleships, when you aim it to A one or B five or something, could well be. What happens if I if I if I press A and then one? You press A and then one. <laughs> That's what happens. You press A and then one. If I press the button to fire, you press the button to fire. The boat rocks slightly as the harpoon is catapulted. Well, less catapulted, more harpooned. I guess. Ooh. I'm not quite sure what the correct. Um, I think just fired fires yes that's the one yes um sorry the boat the boat rocks slightly as the harpoon fires out of the end of the fishing device and into the sea a moment later you hear a and you see it being retracted back into the device at the end of a long tether it resets into the tube that's awesome Hmm. okay what happens if i press a5 you press a5 nothing happens (laughs) and then if i press fish slash fire you press fish slash fire, and much as before, the harpoon fires out of the uh, the fishing device and into the briny deep. So nothing's moved, nothing's changed position when I've pressed those buttons. And it, it fires into a, a slightly different position in the briny deep that it is currently uh, facing at. It is coordinates. Okay, so when you type a letter or a number, press fire, it, mo- it re-aims a bit before it fires. Is that right? It seems to be a fair assumption, based cool. on the information you currently okay. have available. So presumably we need to figure out what to yes. type in. To find. Is there any any other area of this that we can examine? Any uh, anything written on the box? Anything written yeah. on it? And um, would you like me to redescribe it for you? Sure. Yes, please. Uh, it's a tubular apparatus on an omnidirectional pivot, currently pointing down into the ocean. At one end of the tube, you can see the tip of a harpoon, and at the other end of the tube, you can see a scope <sighs> oh. or reticule. I press my eye against the uh, the reticule. Your eye pressed against the reticule, you can see through the reticule. <laughs> okay. Um, Currently projected in the reticule is oh. the sea. The sea is crystal clear, and unfortunately the sharks that had previously gathered around the boat, uh, rather hoping that John might fall in while yeah. uh, setting off the engine, have dispersed uh, in search of tastier dinners um, with more meat on them because John's a gamey, <laughs> lanky beast. Mm. The crystal clear waters you can see are almost completely devoid of fish. Well, they are completely devoid of fish. You can also, through the reticule, see a grid, a five by five grid, 
it is marked on the horizontal axis at the very top with the numbers 1 through 5. And on the vertical axis, from top to bottom, A through E. So we need to know, can, can we see anything through the reticule apart from just empty ocean? There's nothing obvious to aim at. Um, there's nothing obvious to aim at. So what? Just what, empty ocean. Okay. What I would like to do is, oh, but it doesn't. How can the reticule have a grid on it? The, the reticule, like, can we move the thing on the pivot? Can we move it up and down ourselves? Or is it powered by the machine? You can. As previously described, it's on an omnidirectional pivot. Okay. Where would you like to move it? Uh, up. You move why it don't we up. Point, why don't we point it um, onto the horizon? Yes. And then look through and see if we can spy anything on the horizon. Yes. What a clever idea. You direct it at the horizon and you look through, enjoying the sunset going from daytime, which is where Tony and I thought this was, through to nighttime, which is where John thought we were, (laughs) and enjoying the lazy sounds of the seagull wheeling overhead. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The seagull. I want to kill that seagull. We've got to shoot that fucker, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I assume that living, living where do. you do on the coast, they must be the bane of your existence. <laughs> oh, so when we when we moved here for the first, it was height of summer, so we oh. had the windows open at night. They were the absolute death of me. I was ready to kill yeah, them. Fair. Just woke, woken up at four in the morning again yeah. by like awful okay. call we, that they do. That's just we've got limited time but we will come back to the seagull chat later. Um, (laughs) So uh, can we... we, Focus, man. Can we we angle it up towards the seagull? Certainly. You angle it upwards, uh, skywards, uh, and the device is now facing the seagull as it circles lazily overhead, making its obnoxious call, thinking fondly of the food it once stole from John's daughter. It did. She's two Um, bastards. Uh, is the seagull they shoot that bastard? Yeah, uh, yeah. Can we angle it in such a way that, with the right timing, we could hit the button and try and shoot it? I imagine you could. How would you like to do so? So, I mean, in all of those sort of space combat games, you always have to lead the target a bit, don't you? Mm. So, I wonder if we—is it if it's circling sort of in a very sort of uniform manner overhead, we can probably point the thing at a given spot where it's going to be, and then just before it gets there, pull the trigger. Somali pirate repellent. Is that relevant? I just like the idea of a harpoon cannon <laughs> doubling up as an yep. emergency pirate repellent. Okay. Um, mm, the seagull. What if... What is it for 5ABCDE? Okay, so... If I, if I type E1... Like, would anything happen? Does, does, the, does the aim move at all? Uh, you see a small adjustment uh, of the device uh, and, and E1 is, is typed. And the one is typed. Well, you've typed E one. E one is typed. So we're okay. we're holding the device and pointing it up in the air, and then we push yeah, the buttons sort of... on it. And it does it shift in our hands, or does just the reticles shift, or does like what moves? I'd say the device itself makes tiny micro adjustments because fishing is a, a very fine art. <laughs> there's oh, there's something here. There's something we have to do, okay. and I just can't figure out what it is. Can I put, can I press mm. three and then C and then fish fire? You can. You press three and C, and then fish fire. The uh, the harpoon fires directly upwards into the sky, uh, missing the seagull by by quite a way in its path. Mm-hmm. And then, thankfully, rather than falling back down uh, and piercing the bottom of the boat, yeah. it is instead, or, or either of you, yeah. uh, or me, even sitting here uselessly narrating, um, <laughs> it is retracted. <laughs> it is retracted back into the harpoon launching device. You don't want I to do it. If we can sort of, if we can sort of home in based on yeah. how close we are to the seagull. So that was three C. What if we go three uh, B and fight fish fire? Um, ah, <laughs> well, you've taken a very, what, you've taken a very succ- you get the right answer. <laughs> no, but you are taking a very circumlocutory route um, uh, on this. Um, <clears throat> uh, so you press three D. Was that three D? Sure. Three, yes. <laughs> press, press 3D uh, and fire. And uh, you notice that this actually intersects with the path of the seagull, admittedly missing it, unfortunately, in its passage, and then is retracted back into the fishing device. 
Okay, so okay, right. If I stick my eye to the site and then move it so 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 that I can see the path of the seagull. You stick your eye to the site while it is pointed upwards, and you can see the path of the seagull. The seagull passes directly overhead through two A. It then goes towards you through three reticule places and then banks to the right across 3D and 4E and repeats its loop. All right. Uh, put it in 4E. 2B. You put it in 2B. And then wait until it's... Well, in fact, no, put it in 4E. Oh, dunk. Okay. Yeah, put it in 4E. What? Put it. Put it in 4E and then watch as it comes down the path... 2A, 2B, 2C, 2D. Oh, I see. When, like, push the button when it's on, uh, I don't know, 3D or... or 3D, yeah. One or the other. You do so. In fact, hang on, I'm just going to have to check my maths on this now. <laughs> Always encouraging calculate the, the speed puzzle the, master good. has to go and make sure they've got the right answer. <laughs> yeah. The old trigonometry going again. Okay, so carry the three and divide by pi. Well, you've got, like, 23 minutes. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so uh, sorry, you've targeted 4E, and when are you firing? When it's coming when through, it, like... Is it 3D? Yeah. You fire when the seagull passes through 3D, and the harpoon misses. It lashes up just behind the seagull as it resumes its Okay, path. so we need to fire when it's early when it's passed. So can we fire when it's at 2C? You enter 4E, and you fire when? The seagull passes the through seagull 2C. 2C. You press fire as the seagull passes through 2C. It banks through 3D and 4A, where the harpoon hits the seagull square yeah. in its stupid, noisy throat. And Fuck with a guy. surprised, blood-filled squawk, Oof. it finds itself drawn back into the fishing kit by the retracting rope. The harpoon, with seagull attached, actually disappears into the bowels of the machine, which whir and grind and hum. A moment <laughs> later, a hitherto unseen hatch opens up dispensing seven crispy breaded seagull nuggets. They aren't desperately appetising, though, as they contain bits of six-pack plastic, bits of beer ring, uh, and Greta Thunberg's laminated ocean chart. They also contain a small silver key. Congratulations, you have found... Can you guess what it is? The key gull. You have found the key gull. Yeah. And you've solved my puzzle. Well done, gentlemen. Terrific. We killed it. Okay, so we take the key gull and the renewable energy and we insert them into the box of signaling equipment. And that is my puzzle. <laughs> so uh, you open up the box labeled signaling equipment and inside it is another smaller box and also some papers in a plastic wallet. Let's read them papers. Okay. You take the papers out of the plastic wallet, and like all plastic wallets designed for this, it has failed to keep Terrific. the water out. So the papers are pretty badly damaged. Most of it is illegible, uh, but the header page has some writing you can still make out on it. And this is what it says. Welcome aboard your Thomas Cook lifeboat. <laughs> Please do not be alarmed. Help can be summoned using the flares enclosed in this container. The container is locked to prevent vandalism. The code is the year of our, and the next word is pretty obscured. You can make out an F, then three obscured letters, then a D, an I, and two more obscured letters. Further down the page, there's a bit more text, and it reads this. If the flare will not easily light, matches are provided. Then it says, use flare appropriate for purpose. Blue, colon, engine failure, unable to manoeuvre. Yellow, colon, disease on board, stay clear. Green, colon, rescue required. Red, colon, celebrations on board, please disregard. Mm. And that's all you can make out on the paper. So uh, that word is founding. I was just presumably. thinking that, but unfortunately you got there quicker, you pricks. And now you sound like a clever <laughs> one. And I sound like the Bob, Bobby Agrizos. Now, the year, so Thomas Cook has existed for, a, well, existed. Let's not use the present perfect, let's use the past. Um, the smallest violin in the world is playing. Yeah. Thomas <laughs> Cook existed for 200-ish years, right? Around Ish. that. Yeah. 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 Uh, if not longer, actually, didn't they used to do uh, things of taking people out of the Reek Grim North to the south? 
I think they did on yeah, holidays to show them the electricity and culture. But that that was <laughs> that would have been less than two hundred years ago. That is true. I guess it would have been two hundred years ago. It was eighteen nineteen. Yeah, I guess it would have been like metal and and metal like metal tools and axes and things. <laughs> um, <laughs> down here, we use bronze to make our tools. Um, Thomas Cook. Uh, okay, can I remind you guys that you have about sixteen minutes before we all go yes. out? Yes, there's, there's only so much riffing we can do before we lose. Oh yeah. Um, also, can we just sorry? Can I just very briefly riff on the fact that I love that the um, the flares have been restricted to prevent vandalism. <laughs> Stag, stag, stag. Oh, we're going to stick a, a flare up this stag's ass. We're going to stick a flare up Clarky's ass. It's going to be jokes, mate. <laughs> yeah. That's me being a stag. Uh, the year that Thomas Cook was founded. So do we want to just start trying well, numbers from eight? Go on. There might be other stuff because there was other stuff in the box, wasn't there? There oh, was okay. this paper and there was also some other guff. John, could we have a look at some of the other guff in the box? Uh, the other guff in the box is a box. A smaller box. It's metal. Mm. It's very old. It looks like it's been there for an awfully long time and has never been opened. Worry. Yet, in an example of very forward-thinking technology, there is a four-number little uh, ring. What do you call them? Like a ring code lock. A combination like lock. The, the combination. There's a four-letter combination lock with numbers going from zero to nine. Hmm. Is there anything me? Is there anything to be seen on the box at all? Nope. What are the numbers currently set at? They're currently set at. One, seven, three, two. So can we just change that seven to an eight? So it now reads... Eighteen, thirty-two. One, eight, three, two. Does anything happen? No. Despair. So I, I think we want to... I just want to set it to like eighteen, ten, and I'm just going to start incrementing by one and giving it a You want to brute force the lock? <laughs> Mate, I mean, well, no, because we've only got a range. We've only got a range of probably what, like... 20 or 30 combinations that we need to try because we know from the news this week that it's a roughly 200 years old which is so it's not it's not like brute force when you're trying to do a password when you're trying to do a trillion combinations we're, we're just doing we're testing like 20 things each one will take like two seconds so you start trying individual combinations starting in 1810 then 1811 then 1812 then 1813 then 1814 as time ticks on and the sharks get closer until you get to 1841 and then with a satisfying click the lock opens, and you can now open the box. P.S. You seriously didn't get in the news that they were founded in 1841? Every single article about this has had that in it. I didn't read any of them. Every, everyone at work has just been going, oh, God, Thomas Cook are falling apart. That's, that's been depressing enough as it is. Okay, what's, what's next? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? So will I move on? Yes. Okay. Uh, inside the box is a bed of straw with three small tubes in it. Do you want to look at them? Yes. Tell me about these tubes. So uh, they're kind of papery to the touch. Uh, they're about the size of a large candle. At one end, rather like a candle, there is a small piece of string extending. And there's some writing on the side of it, which says, pull here, with an arrow pointing at the string. On the other end is a lid. I mean, definitely a flare. Uh, are they? Do they have a colour to them? No. There's what? no colour listed. What what colour are the three tubes then? They're all brown. They're all brown. Just I think if I see a tube, pull a tube, I reckon. <laughs> but we don't wanna we don't wanna do we we don't wanna accidentally fire off the uh I refer you to the one. instructions. Yeah. I mean So we we don't want to fire off the yellow or the red. I think the green or the blue would be okay because green means come and rescue us and blue means engine failure, which would imply also rescue us. Well, I mean, based on the past puzzle thing, I assume we just fire all the flares until we hit the correct flare. I mean, is that... Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we fire all three of them, then that's going to give a mixed a mix message, which is probably going to raise some like, interest, which like is Chinese New Year. Idea. Yeah. Fun fact, when the Titanic was going down, they started letting off all of the flares, mm. and a passing ship saw this and assumed it was a celebration. That's a fun fact, is it? That... <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Different definitions there. Um, so, uh, True, though. <laughs> um, so oh, I like that. So okay, there's no there's no way of distinguishing between the three of these. Oh, hang on. Uh, did you say they've all got lids? Yes, at the other end. Can we take those lids off, please? You could probably unscrew it. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to start with one? Sure. Okay. So the first flare you pick, you unscrew the lid uh, inside the tube is some powder. What does the powder look like? You're probably going to have to take it out of the tube to get a good look. 
Can I shake some into the lid? You can. Uh, the powder is blue. Okay. Ah, I tip smart, that smart, back smart. in. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to set it to the side, to my left. Can okay. I open the next one, please? Just blue is on your left. Uh, open the next one. The powder is red. Uh, red is... What does red mean? Red is red celebration. Is Let's uh, throw that one into the that. sea. Yeah, just get rid of that one. <laughs> and can we open the last one? And last just one tip a little bit out. Yellow. Last one, the powder is yellow, uh, which is disease. Okay, so I'm going to tip the powder out of the yellow one into the sea. And then I'm going to tip the... Does the yellow one have the string on it? <laughs> no, 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 don't tip it into the sea. Don't tip it into the sea. We need That's to the get, disease we need... one, yellow. No, 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 no. No, because no? blue and yellow make green. You all uh, die. Well, blue I figured blue... Make green. I, I, so I've we can, we can take... We can take the blue powder and the yellow powder. Right. Okay. And we mix can mix them together. together and make green. And we've, we actually, rather than throwing the red into the sea, if I can stick that in my pocket for later, then <laughs> we can have a party when we're rescued. Sure. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. I figure yeah, we could so... just use the blue one because engine failure is going to attract a, a passing ship as well, surely. Yeah, but that might be like the AA. We need, like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need the infinite We've escape. Even room. worse, green flag. <laughs> we need somebody. Whatever. We need somebody who's going to be here in less than two hours and not <laughs> just drive us to the services. So you're you've mixed together the blue and yellow powder. Is that there? Right? It is. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, so you have some blue and yellow powder. What does it taste like? <laughs> <laughs> what does it smell like? Yeah, how often am I going to get to taste this shit? What memory does it evoke for me? Do I remember a oh. Madeleine that I ate as a child? <laughs> Let's fire off How this. How are you going to fire it? There's no powder in there. You said anymore. one of them had a string on it. They all have strings on them. So we've mixed it up and... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Presumably we can empty out um, the blue and the yellow powder. And the then... tubes are not big enough to fit both sets of powder in. Can we okay, empty so we... half of each powder yeah. out and then mix in the correct Into amount to make a normal amount of powder? You can. And then we point it proudly into the sky and yank on the string. Nothing happens. The string pulls out... The paper fuse oh, wait. appears to be rotten. You said you said matches are provided. Yes. Where are these matches? They're inside the box. Oh, fuck. John, did you forget to give They're us matches? They're inside the box. I'm sorry. I forgot to give you matches. Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious me. So we have a tube filled with a mixture of green and yellow powder. Uh, I guess we Blue light yellow. a match and, I don't know, stuff it up the bottom. What, what makes sense here? How do we get <laughs> this thing on the bottom? The always makes sense, Tony. Can we <laughs> Don't put doubt it, yourself now? Can we put it in? Can we put it in the harpoon gun and fire it into the air? Because <laughs> that to me feels like the real. While while we do like tail and then the US the Navy attacks you, thinking you're uh, exactly you're Iranian. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, how do we how do we get this into this guy? Can we just light it and throw it? Well, Try try something and see. Okay, what well let's let's point the tube let's point the tube upwards with where the safety first. Let's point the tube upwards where the fuse end was downwards from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, light a match, covering my eyes. Light a match and then stick the lit match into the bottom of the tube. The match goes out in the powder. Uh, can we see anywhere like a fuse paper or something down at the end with the with the string? Is there like a small like? RPG or something that John's neglected to tell us about. <laughs> yeah, did you forget to mention the flare gun? Nope. nope. Okay. Oh, the straw. What about the straw? Can we use some straw as a fuse? So can we turn some straw into a fuse and use that to light the tube? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't think of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is genuinely not what I thought you'd solve. Okay. okay. So describe to me exactly what you're doing. Oh, God. Uh, do we need to put the lid back on? Mike, do you think we need to put the lid back on to create, like, pressure? Oh, yeah, I mean, that sounds sensible. Explode. Just say we've got A, pressure, and B, so that a sudden gust of wind doesn't blow all our precious powder away. That too. Or a seagull. <laughs> nothing worse than that. Yeah, so we put the lid back on. We jam some of the straw up the bum of the tube, and then we light the straw and hold it up, pointing... Uh, oh, wait, which way do we want it to be pointing? Lid down or lid up? I would say... I would say um, how I mean fuse end bottom would make the most sense because it's unlikely to fire downwards from the fuse end. <laughs> Have you guys ever oh no. I've never fired a flare? <laughs> I've never been lost at sea. <laughs> oh my god. Think about the movies. Think about the the burning in, end. Which bit in the, is movies, the burning end? In the movies, they have a little yeah, gun movies. thing that they shoot out of. Which you have not <laughs> done to provide not us. Necessarily. A smoke flare. Oh, so it's like one that you throw onto the water. 
No, you just hold oh, you just it, it man. You just hold it. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I was thinking a flare like a flare gun. Yeah, me too. I was thinking yeah, this motherfucker man. was going to go up like a Chinese motherfucking <laughs> firework. no flare gun. I've never mentioned a flare no, gun. No, I know, but... I, th- I think it would be like a firework. Like, it would just whiz up into the sky and... Oh All right. Well, God. then we put the we put the we put the straw in into the powder it's and light two the straw. and a half minutes. Light the straw <laughs> like deep in the powder and light it and watch it burn right. down like a candle. You light it. You watch it burn down like a candle. When the healthy flame finally gets to the powder, it erupts and bluey, yellow, greeny smoke <laughs> comes barreling out of that flare, signalling to the nearest passing ship that rescue is required. Huzzah! Capital! Stop the clock. (laughs) Yeah, stop the clock with water just starting to lap our ankles. And so, Greta Thunberg sees our sad little Thunberg, bollocks, Thunberg, Thunberg, (laughs) Thunberg. And so, Greta Thunberg sees our sad little flare. Don't say it like that. It sounds like you're taking the piss. I can't pronounce her name. It's foreign. Um, And whizzes up to us in her solar-powered jet ski. We all hop in the sidecar like something out of Wacky Races and skip along with her to the nearest bit of land and the nearest sustainable vegan cafe, where I embarrass myself frightfully by ordering a smoked bacon sandwich. And we've escaped. And we've done it with, uh, on my time, just less than three minutes to spare. Well done, gents. Oh, wow. What a relief. So, thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, website, fuck it, www.theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. That's tier like top tier, not tier like um, the cry thing that goes down people's faces. If you've enjoyed the episode, and we rather hope you did, we'd be obliged if you could please leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook, as it's a big old help in reaching new audiences. We love you long time, and we'll see you next time. Tatty, bye. Bye. And then Desert Island Discs theme together. I can't remember it. Oh, well, like the magic roundabout theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do theme tunes.